Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Back at it again, ladies and gentlemen, after a short hiatus. The Material Devolution Podcast returns to you live. Mr. Matt Walter, how goes it? Hey, it's going pretty good, Devin. Yeah, we had a little uh, another week off, but uh, back at it again. Um, and we just keep a it going. A short break man. compared to our, our you know, prior hiatus. Absolutely. So we can deal with those. We can deal Absolutely. with the one-week breaks. Right. One week is not two years. But we did a lot in those two years. Big kid. <laughs> starting hey. to raise them. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. It was good. It was I get sweeter with age, my friend. Absolutely. Like fine wine, brother. All right, diving into the abyss to start us off, of course. We're just going to keep things topical, people, because as we were talking about before the show, we don't want to beat the same drum incessantly like, you know, you're going to your, your weekly chanting session or whatever it is. Like, if we're not having a new conversation. We're not progressing our discussion. We're not examining the topic differently. Let's not kick that that rock, you know, incessantly. There's no need to. Let's do something different. But I do think we're we're still finding new areas. And as people are reacting, there's new like ways to like perceive things, and it keeps mutating. It's it's a very fascinating, uh, evolving story. So I say we stay in the abyss, Matt, and see where that takes us. I got a short essay after that, not so short, and we'll just kick it around. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's do it. I like the abyss, man. I like this addition to the podcast. It's really fun, and I think it uh, kind of really does draw out some of the very worst uh, or very best, depending on the way you look at the internet. Yeah, well, I, I do think the internet pulls from somebody's true id. Uh, as somebody recently told a, a fighter, Paul Felder, I read this uh, little thread. It was funny. They go, Paul, you should retire. You're a better commentator than a than a fighter, which personally, I don't even know if that's true. Like, that's a pretty damn good fighter. Uh, and he's like, Oh, you feel good saying that? Would you say that to my face, man to man? The guy goes, no, you'd beat my ass. That's why I'm saying it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he's like, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, like, like, yeah, that's why it's happening on Twitter, because you can only do the unfiltered id on Twitter. Civility in person demands you behave with certain decorum. The mm-hmm. internet says no decorum. So you get to the cut of the matter. Let's dive in. Tweet number one. Here we go. Uh, so this one is uh, pretty crazy. Uh it's from uh, Dave is a Charles Booker Democrat, uh, random guy, looks like a Peace Corps volunteer. And it's a post that says they don't even know his fucking name. And it's Senator Charles Schumer and Nancy Pelosi not being able to remember George Floyd's name while talking about, you know, changing and, you know, doing acts in his name. So uh, kind of uh, a perfect examination of the state of what's wrong with this country when you'll take a knee and Kenty cloth and try to induce acts of Congress, but not even know their name. It just goes to prove exactly what the Republicans say about the Democrats is that it's all about grandstanding um, for, and I'm talking about, and I'm talking about the institutional, the, the grant, the, the, the Democrats that are, um, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's and the, and the Chuck Schumer's and the, and, and the like um, that, uh, 
it, it, it's all for show. Like, like for example, if you scroll down further, then they ne- have a little, the, the meme. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kneeling and, 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 and this and that. And then Marvel presents black pander. And, and yeah, exactly. But, and they just pander. Exactly. They're just pandering. It's, it's, it's this is all grandstanding. It's all for show. Um, you know, Cory Booker, uh, it's funny that his name is Charles, Charles Booker, Democrat. Uh, but, uh, Cory Booker, um, you know, that's basically all he did in the entire, uh, investigation, uh, Russ investigation, um, for the, when the Mueller, oh, uh, Russia did. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. That's, that's it. That's it, it, it Cause he, remember he was running for president. So every single thing that came out of his mouth there, like when he had his time was, you know, to, to get, you know, his soundbite in, um, and don't, don't don't impeach the guy for like crimes against humanity for what he's doing to like kids in cages at the border. Impeach him for something backwater dealing that every dirty president's done since the beginning of the presidency, right? Exactly. Democrats. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and it's all, and it's all for show. And then they try to ram it through, but anyway, let's get off that. But this is, this is what they do. This is what they do. Uh, and a toe in the abyss. This is like, this is exactly right though. When you see it, like the people who run the democratic party and seize on this as their way to like, we're going to get the Cheeto man out of the office. They don't even know the name of the guy who died. It's in all pomp and circumstance, dude. It's like yeah. it's like giving him that fucking folded flag and 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 draping it over the casket. Like, what was that for? Except for the, the only thing that that could possibly be for is for dramatic effect on the television when they were carrying his casket out of the damn church. Like he didn't fight for his country. I he he stood up. He's he's gonna, he's become a martyr. I guess you would say for. Um, we talked. We talked about it. Like, a, there's a difference a between a martyr and being a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I feel bad for George Floyd. I feel bad for his family. He shouldn't have had to die in, on, on video and people had to watch it in the middle of the street. But anyway, getting back to this, um, it doesn't surprise me. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, and the like, Some they're the all the terrible world. fucking people. people um, and I really want to get that out there too, because I don't take sides. Look, I, I haven't voted for a mainstream candidate for president in the last three elections. Um, and just because they're all shit. I think they're all crap. Like, let, let, let me just get that out there before any, you know, anything. Cause we, we say some pretty polarizing things here, right. And it can be misconstrued. And I think that's something that happens a lot in, um, the dialogue and discourse of America right now is everybody's so quick to label themselves and entrench themselves, uh, you know, on a side and take sides and throw fucking hand grenades or freaking, you know, shit on from one side to the next. Um, but the truth is, is that I'm somewhere in like a tree stand, uh, just mowing them all down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, and I, and I mean that in jest, I'm not really in a tree stand. Those are, uh, <laughs> you gotta be real, you gotta be real careful these days. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I digress. Um, anyway, this is crap and, uh, yeah. and it doesn't surprise me at all. <clears throat> nope. Nope. Classic, classic Democrats being Democrats. So we're bottle jumping. As we say, we're moving to the next topic. It's a two parter. We've got, uh, this guy, Jake, who doesn't look like he's most, most of a poster, but, uh, he got one that actually got a couple hundred thousand likes, which usually means you came with a fire, which is in response to the New York Post uh, article, Bill de Blasio plans to install Black Lives Matter mural in front of Trump Tower. Uh, the comment, again, not one of the demands that any protesters were making. That'll show them. And, and then the second one, somebody, uh, every cop contribution is a poly failure <laughs> <laughs> at Aaron uh, Narrow. Uh, seems like a, quite the firebrand here. Uh, a nice little funny one where they do the uh, fake play-by-play of what people would say back and forth. And he goes, everyone, defund the police, mayors. Yes, we'll rename the streets and paint murals. Everyone, no, no, we said defund celebrities. Okay, we'll stop voicing those cartoon characters. Everyone, that, that's not what Hulu. Fine, we'll remove the Golden Girls episode with the mud mask. <laughs> everyone, what is what happening? What is happening right now? 
you know? So both these things kind of touch on a current a point, which I want to dive into later with my essay of the, uh, of the week, which is going to just be about uh, this kind of like performative wokeness where it's kind of a race to see how you can do the least to get the most uh, clout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, it's like, it's I, like, did you how see, can I get, how can I get credit for something and how can we pretend like we're changing something simultaneously? Doesn't that just fit in with our influencer culture? Isn't that exactly married up with the way that we consume life these days? Those freaking people aren't doing anything substantive with these, with these, they're just advertisements. It's just, what can I do to get the most effect on the internet? And this is exactly that, but with a much more serious, um, situation and, uh, that people, you know, need to dig in and roll up their sleeves and fix complex problems. But when the largest, uh, influential, um, entities are just jockeying to again pander and show i'm doing this no i'm doing that no i'm doing yep. this no no the nfl is now going to play all of a sudden they're going to play the freaking black ant national anthem in front of games <laughs> they 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 blackballed a player for kneeling to the regular national anthem just to bring up this stuff and now all of a sudden they're going to play the black national anthem in before games as well and uh you know juneteenth we had 46 you know uh companies that you know gave the day off i mean what is going what is happening like let's just talk about the real thing but instead we have nobody that addresses the fact that the was it the police chief or one of the or one of the high-ranking officers in the minneapolis police department that was like i'm not going to live there with those heroin addicts and drug dealers yeah, and you know yeah. i'm not going to have my kids go to school with those people like he basically was concerned i think in, in the excerpt i showed you that he didn't want to live in a community where he'd possibly run into somebody that he had quoted that I'm going to arrest somebody basically for lewd behavior, armed robbery, heroin. And then if that kid might, that person might see me at the store with my kid. Like, listen, if you're treating people with dignity, you should have no fear of them doing anything. You're a police officer with license to kill. You think somebody's going to come after you and your family in public? You might have done something to deserve it. Literally. Yeah. If you be, treat people with human dignity and respect and they committed a crime and they got arrested, most of them are not like, I'm going to kill that cop who, you know, <laughs> talked to me like a human being and, and treated me with respect. Yeah. Like, like most people broke the law and did some serious shit. They know they fucked up. They're not sociopaths. You know, they got, they've gotten put in a tough spots, made terrible decisions. And usually, you know, but the, the dust settles, they know what happened. Needing to put, you know, like them in a chokehold or, you know, have them resist so you could beat them up to exercise power of authority. Different story. Interesting quote here. Why don't we talk about a few different topics in here before we move to the last puddle, yeah. which is uh, I thought the interesting one uh, that I want to address here because I talk about kind of like, uh, you know, Hulu scrubbing <laughs> the Golden Girls episode with a mud mask, which is too funny. Like there's been blackface episodes been scrubbed recently from like 30 Rock and other uh, shows, which is like, yeah, that's fine. Scrub it. That's, that's the modicum of the tiniest minutia of progress in a certain direction. Nobody's asking for that. Nobody really cared. Like, who the fuck's watching 30 Rock anymore? Old episodes. But, uh, yeah. But what I want to talk about is the, we'll stop voicing cartoon characters, which is like this, you know, in these animated shows, there's some cases they've got like a well-known white actress like Alison Brie or somebody mm, like that. Yep. She They voice like a biracial character or, a, you know, an Asian character. And they're like, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that now because, you know, I'm pretending to be somebody of a different race and you know like i'm taking somebody's job 
And I now think we're getting a slippery slope where it's like nobody really cared that you were voicing a different character unless you're doing some racist ass take on it, like Hank Azaria's Apu, you know, where it's playing up to like a very particular stereotype. And mm-hmm. like that's, you're not even like having the right person of that culture stereotype themselves. You're making a white person do it. That's a little more interesting. But this is just kind of like, again, who was asking for this? You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of like them saying, you know what, like we're going to like create a structure where, you know, we're going to be able to tell more uh, diverse stories. People who are people of color, they're going to get hired more as directors, executive producers, uh, you know, storyboarders, people who actually are, they're going to get to tell their stories more and we're going to help them in their infrastructure. I think the community response to that would be far greater than like, oh yeah, we're going to get four jobs for voice actors. Yeah. You know, I I feel like the acting is really a sensitive area, Um, especially the voiceover, um, the voicing of characters. What if they just were trying to get a certain sound and they were really good at making that voice? It's it's a cartoon. I mean, you know, do you really think that Jim Henson sounded like fucking Kermit the Frog? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I just... It, it, it's a weird thing because, the, like I, I said, the acting, The acting thing, the live action is a different story. So if you can... if, the, if the, You should obviously cast that don't the play, proper don't, person. Don't play, don't play a different race in live action, right? But don't like, play a different about, race in live action. What about Hank Azaria basically being the only Indian on television as a poo and doing a racist stereotype of him for, like, 20 years? And even he feels, like, terrible about that now. And in hindsight, like, I laughed as a little kid, but as I got older, I'm like... This is some fucked up shit right here. Like, so it's really funny that so it's like a so it's funny that you say that because um, it's a white guy doing it. So so for example, so uh, something that happened recently, um, uh, Eddie Murphy returned to Saturday Night Live, right? And oh, he apologized for Raw and Delirious. Yeah, he apologized for Raw and Delirious, but then at the same time, he did a skit. The first skit that he did was Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood again, where they joked about uh, stealing a big screen TV from his white neighbors in the gentrified building because he was the last person that was there. Now, growing up, I used to watch In Living Color. I loved In Living Color growing up. I was a product of the '90s, um, and uh, Damon Wayans and 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 the Wayans brothers, and then you know. Uh, <clears throat> and then also Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. I love, I love classic uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, but I watched the new, I watched him redo it and it saddened me. And I was like, wow, it's just a different time. It's just a different time. Comedy it, changes. Comedy is a cultural moment captured in time. That's why Louis C.K. can be the funniest guy on the Because they're all trying, they're trying to grapple with those, comedy grapples with those issues in a contemporary setting. Right. Exactly. And so, in the moment. yes. In the moment and it's only. a response. So it's a response back. So that's why it's ever changing, and that's why it's always progressive, and that's why it's so. That's why it's so critical. It's why it's so critical that we don't censor comedy because comedy really does expose. It allows you to say something in a raw and 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 direct, and sometimes indirect, but in a raw, real, truthful way, where. It, 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 it depending on how you look at it, what kind of colored glasses you vis- view it through, you can. You, but it, you see a section of society, right? So anyway, my point was is that him him reflecting back upon the voicing of a poo and having and feeling that way was a lot how like I viewed the new 
Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, the rehashing of that. And, 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 and because it, I saw, I saw it through now today's lens and it just didn't connect. I, it, it just was like, you, you, you've changed. I've changed. You're not the, you're, you're not the same person. Because the skit you've, didn't you've and the material and the, and the, and the crux of that did not change. It was still really the same thing because the, in, in the past, you, you know, he was talking about, Hey, you know, let me help you with your, let me help you with your groceries to the car lady and, uh, this, that, and the other. And then he stole her groceries and I came in through the window and was like, let me see what we got today at the grocery store. And, and but that was from the seventies. It just yeah. it, it, totally totally different, man. And Before it, it we do a really... quick title jump, I'll just end it on my own little anecdote, which is uh, I was talking about Independence Day, the movie yesterday on Independence Day, and they're like, "Oh, you wouldn't watch Independence Day, Bond?" I was like, "No, it was terrible." And they go, "What do you mean it was terrible? You, you didn't like it?" And I was like, "Oh, I liked it when I was you know ten years old, and I saw it because I was ten, and by it's garbage. It doesn't hold up." Like, what do you mean? I was like, well, when you're 10, you don't have any context. You don't have any frame of reference. You don't know what good art is because you're just experiencing the world. Everything's new, so everything's good. There, yeah. there is no frame of reference for what is context. You're literally just, this is experience. I like everything. Everything's interesting and new. and Especially when the CGI and more, it's bigger and yeah. badder and, you know. You, as yeah. you take more and more in, you can kind of make these determinations. And, like, you know, now I'll be like, I'll make fun of Independence Day because it's such a bad movie. But as a kid, I liked it you're going to change and like your perception of art's going to change because art's usually a moment in time as well. It's that person's idea it is. of what they're trying to capture and commercial art's even a different thing. So Abs- we're puddle jumping to the last topic yep. because we could go down a rabbit hole. Oh, hell on yeah. That one. I don't want to, yeah. uh, the last one, three parter here and, uh, tying into, you know, our weekly thing here about, uh, the police reform issue. And, you know, uh, People's call to defund the police, which is misconstrued as you know not having police when in actuality. It's supposed Dude, to you know what? We were, I was talking. Maybe. I was just talking to my buddy about this uh, last week, <clears throat> and he goes, "You know, they have a branding problem with that. They should have never called it defund the police. They should have say called it like fund the communities or or something like that, that a, a positive. Because this whole defund the police thing is out of control with these people and their response to. It. They have no." concept of what it actually means it all they think of is well the, these people should give up their salaries and blah, 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 blah. not like Matt, hey you know we should Matt, just are, are people who, who are so stupid that they can't even have a discussion about what you mean by defund the police how is changing a topic or a slogan brand going to change anything i don't know man but it seems like it, it, it the whole point of that is to unite people behind it it doesn't really care about the people who oppose it because those people have always opposed it. And they so always uniting will, the people behind it. If, if you, hey, you guys, let's reinvest in communities. You ready to march in the streets, black people? <laughs> right. Oh, where is everyone? Well, no, no one's here? Cool. Cool story, guys. Anyways, on to the tweet here. It's uh, a good point. It's a good point. You make a good point. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. My, my friend was digging through APD's budget and found this little nugget. And he posts uh, a log from... Uh, you think that was a pun? A little nugget? A little nugget? Nugget okay. of And he goes, uh, 510... Snacks, puffed, cheese flavor, $3,000. The Austin Police Department actually responds, actually takes the never, time to respond. Never respond. I mean, never respond, ever. Especially if like you get caught in the crosshairs, you don't think you go Neo. Nobody goes Neo in the crosshairs on, on Twitter, okay? Once, you, once, you're, once you're scoped, you Dude, fucking the mob, disappear. The you mob go. cometh. Yeah. That's right. So they go, to clarify, 
APD purchased three canned snacks that have a long shelf life. Cheese, peanut butter crackers, granola bars, etc. For survivors of domestic violence. I like how they went. I like how they went further. I like how they went further. Not to say, not just that it had a long shelf life and it was a good value purchase that was going to last for a long time, but they literally went on to describe exactly who they bought it for. Hey, hey, funding was provided by a federal grant for crime victims. And it's really funny. Down in the comments, one of the top liked comments is, is from a woman who goes, you know, it's funny. Every sexual assault survivor I've ever talked to has said the police provided them no comfort. Some of them were even mocked and laughed at. Similar experiences with domestic abuse victims. Curious. But yeah, you're buying $3,000 in cheese puffs for them. Somebody's immediate follow-up response to that goes, what about the jet skis? And there's a $13,000 purchase <laughs> for jet skis. And then Their response to that they responded. Oh, look into any concerns you may have. Yeah. Please submit your questions through GovQA and a public information request so we can get to it in the appropriate unit. <laughs> I like the guy down here that says, that's 820 pounds of cheese puffs. They're 35 ounces of yeah. barrel for the Uts <laughs> cheese puffs. And they're 789. <laughs> I mean, all, listen, I don't think we ask for a lot, Matt. What we ask for is transparency and accountability. That, that's literally it. Transparency and accountability. That, those are the two foundational building blocks of everything we're asking for. That's all and we've that's, asked for this entire and, time. And those are the only things they won't give you because those are the core of their power. Right. They, they, they can't give you like somehow they're less they're somehow operating. they're less effective if they tell you what's going on behind the scenes. They are because they're less in control of the situation. Mm. They're, they're, they're not in control of how it looks when one of their officers does something that they know is wrong and is not you know what i mean like a protester gets punched in the face and a bunch of cops run don't arrest that person for assault cop committed a crime they usually they arrest the guy gets punched in the face they charge him with the crime and he's got to get out fucking fight the false charges every cop there should be fucking immediately barred for life jailed like it's just crazy to me criminal conspiracy in the open you know i sent you that uh that music video uh, i thought was cool that i came across my buddy marlon Kraft. You know, homie with the rhymes, which is called gang shit. And it really just talks about that, how like America really is like different gangs, gangs of people. The cops kind of operate as their own gang with impunity. And, you know, the if you're in the streets, it's a different type of gang. Like You don't really have a choice. You're born into that gang, just like you come up in you know civil society and you believe everything works like it should. And you join the boys in blue. That's that's your gang. Those are the people you're riding with. They're watching your back. Your life's on the line. Their life's on the line. You guys have a code. You guys stick together. Like it's all about going home to your family. The same thing for people on the other side, except you know they're doing it out of desperation, not necessity. You know what I mean? And they don't get impunity. They don't get uh, immunity. So it's a very different dichotomy here. And I just think, uh, you know, it, looking at stuff like these records just shows you. You know, the more we learn the more we learn, we need to learn. Like, we need more transparency and we need to keep fighting for this shit because it's absolutely disgusting when you see them buying thousands of dollars worth of, you know, cheese puffs. Cheesy poofs. Cheese puffs, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, you get that guy from Texas, I forgot that guy's name, who the uh, governor. who called the governor and left a voicemail for his um, chief of staff saying that, uh, you know, he, he wanted uh, them to start shoot to kill. Shoot to kill the looters. <laughs> Shoot to kill the yeah, let's, let's, let's see. What was this guy's name? It was Steve Hotz. Steve Hotz. He's uh, yeah, some kind he of looks like, like a, He looks like a good old boy in his picture, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Shoot him. Mm-hmm. Kill him. Crazy, Ben. Economy, Crazy. economy and property over human life. 
Of course, of course. So before I get into my oh yeah, uh, wait, real quick, rambling topic. Just so everybody knows, I just want to get this out there. Kanye West announced his run for 2020 president. (laughs) Hey, the funny thing is, if it's like if Trump could win, the the veil's been lifted, Matt. Yeah, yeah, Yeezy could win. Yeezy Yeezy could could win. win. He could. He could. Him and his him and all the personalities he carries around in his freaking head. Hey, my buddy, who like I completely disagree with on almost everything, he was like, "You know who would win if you if you ran?" I go, "Who?" And he goes, "The Rock." And I went, "You're right." Yeah, it's a popularity contest. It's it, it's a popular. It's about your Q rating. It's about how much people like you versus the other guy. It has nothing to do with your actual politics. No, it's funny because it is politics. That's what. But that's another thing, real quick. That's another reason why the Democrats always lose. They think it's about policy, so they get up there and debate policy, the details of policy, and this, that, and the other. And that's not what it's about. Donald Trump won by pissing by by insulting everybody and pissing everybody off. Well, the sad truth is, I ultimately think the Democrats know exactly what they're doing, which is when they lose, they actually win sometimes. Because guess what? They keep getting reelected. They keep their jobs. Their donors keep giving them money. Do they get like huge, devastating changes to their party? Not per se. They might like lose a little bit in the culture war. Maybe some judges get appointed that fuck with their long term plans to you know like make slight adjustments that barely benefit any community, but they're kind of in on the same game together. So they're happy to kind of take turns. Of like it's your turn to get shit on in public. And in four to eight years, we get shit on in public and we'll just take turns in the getting shit on public. Meanwhile, we all keep our jobs, keep getting that big money together. That's mm-hmm. all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Not actually doing anything, doing work doesn't matter, Matt. You know that. that. Right. Washington. Yeah. Doing stuff. Come yeah. <laughs> You talking about? But I wanted to talk about your topic before uh, I got on my little rambling aside and essay yeah. for the week, which was the uh, the statue topic because this is a uh, an interesting one. Uh, why don't you kind of hit me with your take on on what's been going on and the areas you wanted to dive into? All right, so there's a lot that's been going on, obviously, um, in the wake of this movement. Right there's there's a lot of fronts, uh, so to speak. Um, one of the fronts uh, that has actually is a kind of continuation on something that started a couple years ago um, <clears throat> after uh, after that whole Virginia debacle uh, that and, and this tearing down of, of Confederate statues. Um, I think we can all agree. Well, not all of us. Uh, you and I, and some other folks that you know that we know that. Can all People agree. Who have fairly analyze history. Let's can say. fairly analyze history. There are certain statues that shouldn't be that shouldn't be up. They one they were they were statue. they were erected they were erected for nefarious purposes for malicious purposes right they were erected uh, during the Jim Crow era uh, to um, imp- in- in- to basically stand um, and, and 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 be imposing to to black people in communities, right? Especially all over the South. So that's what they did. They erected these statues in in major areas and and things like that. So those those statues they're, should they're, come they're down. there to terrorize people. Basically, they're there to terrorize, terrorize people. Yeah, let them, exactly. Let them know. Let them know. Even though you're free, guess what? Guess what? This is this is what happened. This is what happened. And then and then when we tried to end this thing, when they ended this war, yeah, we we surrendered. But then we created the KKK and we just freaking were ruthless to you all over the South. And they and we infiltrated the entire thing so we'll we'll do that again so just just watch it's right here right here over your shoulder that's what it was a reminder right absolutely yep. so those should all come down um but then you get into other um you get under into other things president woodrow wilson's name off the off of a college uh, you know because he had racist views um but the one i really wanted to talk about uh was ulysses s grant um and the bust uh, being torn down in Golden Gate Park on Juneteenth in San Francisco. Now, 
if people don't know the history, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, um, he was, uh, he's got a complicated past, right? And like we talked about, he, people are, are flawed. People, people have, have done things. We all, we've all lived in this world one time. So it's all, I don't, everything think, you can, I don't think you can like flay, flay somebody at the stake for being a product of their times. But I also think if we're going to live in our current times, we don't have to champion the values of people from before our own values. Now, here's where it gets complicated. You can you can think about like what you're saying is absolutely true, and you can and you can take the very best of what people have done, and you can also hold two thoughts in your brain in your mind. Hey, you know what? On this, I'm not in agreement with them, but they did some really great things, right? They're not. It doesn't make them evil or as a whole, or it doesn't make them, especially in, when it's in contemporary times and whatever that was happening in those times was the parlance of those times, right? It was. It was what the, what was going on. Um, slavery being one of those things. Ulysses S. Grant is basically single handedly responsible for ending the. Civil War, um, not, not single-handedly, but he's the person. He he, he, strategized, he strategized. Yeah. He 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 was a strategy. He's he's the guy. He that won the closing battle. He he sold. He sent he yeah. sent Sherman into. They said he was sent him into Atlanta, and then they and then they came up the Shenandoah Valley, and they freaking basically raped and pillaged and burned everything on on the way up uh, to damage the supply chain. And then after they took him at they they won at Richmond, he chased down Lee. Right, didn't just come right into Richmond and be like, "Woo woo, we won!" You know, no, he like was like, "Let's go!" Right, and took him down, and then they surrendered to Appomattox. They tore. Then, then he helped Andrew Johnson, who was a bumbling idiot, and and basically gave everything to the to the South. And a lot of these, a lot of this, a lot of these naming of these of these one of these like um, military installations and some of these uh, some of these other things are are due to the fact that they gave the south a lot trying to bring them back together into the union their concern was not perpetuating the ideas in these in, the, in this division but trying to be inclusive to bring these people back in that's why reformation was such a debacle you know it was actually an occupation by the union army um, to ensure, ensure all these things took place. And then they retracted and then the KKK infiltrated uh, the government in the South and basically created the black codes and the Jim Crow. Well, we don't Crow. want to get it too twisted. I mean, anyway. if you go into the Civil War, you know, like I do, at one point Lincoln said if he could end the Civil War without ending slavery, he would. Because right. it was a bloodshed, right? But, but, you know, Lincoln has built up this paramount of, like, this great guy who, like, his driving for, divine force was, the, you know, he had to end slavery, which is not the truth at all, you know? Right, right. He, he, like, these guys, like we said, are all highly flawed, and they all have very complex associations with it. Anyway. I bring up an interesting facet, though, because this is, like, kind of the point for me. Uh, there's two things. Uh, with the Confederate statues, I mean, I, there shouldn't be a discussion. It's like the Confederacy. People say, oh, it's our history. It wasn't even around for four years. It's the history of a bunch of traitors, slavers, who got the shit beat out of them. And if we even asked you to, like, tell us about the history of the Confederacy, what they were about, their founding statement, what they stood for, you can't tell me the truth. You can tell me your idealized version of the truth. Oh, they stood. They cared about their community and standing up for Southern rights. That's not what the Confederacy was about. Like it's in their statement. They're about slaving. That's literally all it's about. So when people claim to be, it's about these other things. You're just telling me you're uneducated. Where, if you wanted to have some sort of, uh, you know, monument or, you know, 
something to just be like, this thing happened in this war and a lot of people died and it was terrible. I'm all for that, as long as it's shrouded in truth. And that's where we kind of get to the issue with these statues, where me personally, like, I don't think most people think you should take down these statues, like Grant, and even people like George Washington, who committed genocide on the Native Americans on a massive scale, you know, the point where it's war crimes. Because uh, like you said, they are part of our history. I think the disgusting part is, is the whitewashing of history, where we never talk about these atrocities. We don't talk about how flawed these men were. We learned George Washington never told a lie. We word Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. We don't learn the horrible shit. Honest Abe. Honest Abe. Honest Abe. Honest Abe. George Washington never told a lie. Like, that fucking was true. So, I mean, that's the disgusting part for me. Like, uh, you know, a recent thing that came out was like Hamilton, the musical. They they released the the movie version of it. And a very voracious critic of it, I remember him writing about that was, you know, my problem with it isn't that, you know, there's a bunch of talented people doing something they like, though I personally hate the music and styling and what they do to hip hop personally, if it's your avant-garde taste, so be it. But he said, it's kind of disgusting that you tell the story of Alexander Hamilton and you get to shroud it in this hero mystification by having everybody be played by LGBTQ people of color. And then you never have slaves in it, which were mm. around and were massively prominent in the time. So it's like, Hey, we're going to put a black people in it and have them. Play they should the have the white people be slaves. We're slavers. Like, they they should have the white people be the slaves. They, that would have been great. That would have been interesting. It would have. Like, Holy cow! Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you imagine, a, could you imagine a, a room full of freaking white people in Broadway looking and watching that, and all of a sudden having to re- and having to re- reconcile their, their you know their views towards slavery and the yeah. one and now seeing their their own in chains. Holy like shit! Alexa- Alexander Hamilton, like very flawed, terrible person. Let's make a musical that only talks about how great he was, and let's shroud the fact that he was involved in slavery by having black people play the characters. It's like a very, very like incisive way to manipulate people's perceptions of things. Mm. And I think that's why the, the statue thing is weird to me because it's like, why are we caring about statues? They're fucking symbols. Symbols like, again. They, sim- symbols mean something, and like we should have those discussions. But what we should be having an immediate impact on is the things that affect so one of the arguments so one of the arguments is so one of the arguments is that is that these these statues uh evoke discussions uh they bring about discussions of our past um i i don't i don't buy that either like you know i guess there's some of them i guess there's there's this one teacher that said that they they he brought the classes to uh to a certain statue to discuss the complexities of uh, of that statue of the person that that, that is there, and I can't remember who it was, and I apologize. How many is times? There a statue of Hitler in Germany? No, no, you know, that, like, that's I, the whole you, thing. You don't, I, you don't need statues. So that brings me to the next Germany. point. That brings me to the next point. Also the, attached to this, yesterday Independence Day in the United States of America, Fourth of July, and you have a group of people in downtown Los Angeles with Trump supporters driving around in trucks with confederate flags flying right next to the stars and stripes right next to the american flag i don't understand how you can possibly square this talking about what we're talking about right now the civil to them to them, to them they, the confederates never gave up never surrendered they're still fighting that war that's how they square that circle you can't fly those two flags next to each other I, I I understand that we have freedom of speech and we you have can, all those things. No history, history, which I know nothing about. It's like what you said. There's no freaking history there. That that thing, that flag was around for a freaking blip, a blip. Oh, you know, you know, you know history. Okay, cool. Tell me about like when when the Confederacy started, what their founding statement was, their generals, some of the major battles they fought in, 
uh, you know, like tell me about reconstruction and what happened after. You can't tell me any of those things. Like 99.9% of these people, all they know is it stands for is Southern heritage, AKA I'm proud of being white, which is like, listen, everybody should be proud if they're a good person. I don't think you should be proud of something that you had no choice in. I'm not proud of being like a guy or having brown hair. Like, I didn't choose any of that shit. Why should I take pride in it? It's not something that like I determined on my own. Right. Champion. Right. Exactly. Well, like, dude, dude, the, the world is nature. full. The world is full of people who have an extreme amount of hubris based on their genetics. So yeah, let's. Uh, it, it has inherent goodness. I'm inherently better. Right? <laughs> Amazing stuff. I look yeah. great. Look at me. Any, any closing thoughts on monuments and, and what you think we should do? I mean, for me, I think we should just be like, listen. If people want to fucking take them down, I don't really care either way. I don't think statues are that important. It's like we should learn about history and we should learn about them in museums and all these things. Uh, if we want to have statues of what we think the greatest Americans are. Maybe we should start having a discussion about who the greatest Americans are. I don't. Really. I don't think that. I don't think there should be statues of people. In with, I don't think. A, I don't think a country should should be okay with statues of people, no matter how great they were, who plotted and strategized to destroy that nation. That's Somebody all those people said. did. They made a decision. General Lee, everybody's like, oh, well, he was, a, Lee was a great general or, um, or, uh, who was it, uh, for, oh, is it Benning, um, who, uh, who was, uh, who was also a general in the Spanish American war prior to the civil war. Dude, they chose to fight on the side of the Confederacy. That's it. End of story in the discussion. We can read about them in books. You can have statues of them in, 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 a, in a Smithsonian or somewhere else. I don't know. The Smithsonian is the right place. I also think really personally you should have statues, period, because they lionize people into gods. Nobody's perfect. Nobody needs like their form perpetually apexed to its best state ever and all that god this is what a statue does is like let's champion this person's moment of what they did that was good and completely ignore everything else in that way like in the public square i don't know if it's necessary to like make copies of people and share them in that setting it just seems unnecessary but i could carry either way and christopher columbus and christopher columbus should come down because that's just a fucking lie (laughs) like i said for all these things if like if they actually had that discussion and you learned in school that this guy was a genocidal piece of shit, then people wouldn't feel the same way when they saw the statue. Right. You know what I mean? That's kind of the idea. Yeah. So, yeah. True. Yeah, man. We're weird <laughs> stuff and we're going to see more things happen. Uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to get more weird. We know. I that think though, sure. I think though in, in the flip side of this conversely is I, I, I think that, that there should be, um, there has to be, there has to be some restraint when it comes to some of these things in the public, in the public domain, you know, but, 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 but there's clear there. Look at this. There's clearly, there's clearly, there's clearly figures who should be removed. And then there's ones that are debatable and the, and, and this is a good thing and we should have that conversation, but it needs to be had. If it's never had, then it's, then it's all for naught again. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm going to dive into a lot of these topics that we just talked about here. I think uh, this is going to be a good launching point for like a couple things from the tweets and the statue topic. And uh, it's going to also examine the founding fathers. This ties into all of it, Matt. It's like, it's good stuff that we, we had that talk first because I like it when uh, the pre-chat becomes part of the, the topic. So here yeah. we go. Essay of the week. Uh, I've been, been working on it for a little. Not the clearest, but uh, I think I kind of got the chunks of it right. So I titled this one, Change That No One Asked For, subtitled The Root of the Rot. Here we go. 
mainstream TV shows like Scrubs and 30 Rock or the Golden Girls are removing blackface episodes. Golden Girls is the mud mask episode. No one asks them to. What do people want? Better education, better social services, a police force that's transparent and accountable. What changes are being made? People use the N-word in public get canceled. White voice actors no longer feel comfortable playing people of color. That's not to say that those aren't progressive changes that move the needle ever so slightly in the right direction. It's just that it's relatively insignificant and not what anyone was asking for. It's not about guilt or self-flagellation. White celebrities making group videos of them acknowledging their privilege does not help end racism. It again individualizes it to, I'm sorry, I acknowledge, I know. The only thing that matters is a collective action and how we collectively address the situation. Our own personal failures are definitely something we should wrestle with internally and privately. Have those discussions with friends, family, and coworkers, not online. We should not use social media as a cudgel, a billy club to elicit predetermined responses from people that are becoming hardwired to respond to virtual signaling behavior. The conservative mindset gets triggered by virtual signaling for the wrong reasons. I mean, virtual signaling is abhorrent because it attempts to gain a personal boost from exploiting moral outrage, which is not a good practice or behavior. But the conservative isn't outraged by this, though, since their own response to it is literally a form of virtual signaling to the conservative community at how outraged they are. They're outraged at the idea of being inconvenienced. It's a painful process to get educated about the history of the world. And when it comes to learning harsh truths about yourself, your family, and your country, it's not a path most walk down. If morality is based on social responsibility and acceptability, you can't have it both ways. We either have to acknowledge that morality changes with the times and generational shift, or you're then positing that morality is concrete and it never changes when it undeniably has. So which way is it then? If it was a different time then, that also means it's a different time now. And our morals have shifted dramatically from what the status quo was 300 years ago. So then we clearly should be restructuring our country to fit the new morals. If it's not a different time, then you're saying those moral standards were correct at that time and should remain as such. This would mean slavery was good and should remain an institution, since that was the foundational basis the founding fathers built this country on. The powerful pick and choose which elements of the toxic system that benefits them should be continued, and it's typically on the basis of constitutional interpretation, i.e. what slave-holding, land-owning founding fathers wrote in a document designed to benefit them. They believe that our founding fathers, however flawed, created a perfect or almost perfect document to structure society from. And that document has been the basis for the structural development of this country since its inception. Not surprisingly, as written by slave-owning, land-holding white revolutionaries, it ended up being incredibly biased to their class. And I repeat, their class is white, Christian, property-holding straight men with a very specific cultural mindset perception of those times about how it is to live life, what life should be like, what the world should look like. The rigidity of that document that proponents claim is validation of the system's pressure release system is actually a mechanism by design for the powerful to ensure that change never happens more rapidly than at a pace they can get ahead of structurally. I was discussing Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a friend of mine that I admired greatly for both her intellect and positive change in the world. However, she went to law school and is a huge believer as such in the legality as a framework for making sense of the world, i.e., without the rule of law, what do we have? The law becomes a baseline to make sense of the world. It gives it structure. There are rules to follow and a system to adhere to. Now, proponents of the system find power in this because they believe if you understand how the system works, you can then make it work for you. But it never works for you unless you're of a certain class or mindset. 
As I discussed things with her, I dove deeper into the psyche of the justification of the system itself. As we chatted, she mentioned the legal interpretation doctrine and how some Supreme Court justices are strict constitutionalists like Scalia. They try to interpret the modern world and society through the lens of a certain type of person from so many generations ago that it is beyond asinine. And that is not only considered sound legal basis, it's actually considered the majority basis of Supreme Court justices at the moment and a large percentages of the legal world's interpretation of law. The founding fathers were lawyers, so they structured everything in the law, which they controlled by being the privileged class. How do you get to become a lawyer? There's this false perception that anyone can do it. Theoretically, nowadays, it's someone possible for anyone barring circumstance, intelligence, opportunity, money. Back in historical times, this is a false notion, and your class background was even more reinforced. So the system structures of those that would ascend would only be replaced by people exactly like them. Those that came through the same hallways of power in the system and would have been of the most privileged class possible, or at least symbiotically bound to it. Even if you came from rags to riches, you owed your riches to the riches. So you were never going to betray them. These people would have no reason for dramatic overhaul of the system. They would literally be tacking their own material conditions unnecessarily. Why would you do that? If you're rich upper class, you'd be attacking the basis of you and your family's success. If you're poor lower class, you'd be attacking the system that you're trying to ascend from within. Privilege and adherence to class values become absorbed via osmosis of the institutions. Even if you dissociate from them, they become inherent to your being. You don't become a Supreme Court justice without going to an Ivy League school, getting an internship with a well-off judge or justice, then making sure you please the mechanisms of power that control those levers. You don't get there by being the best lawyer because you never get that opportunity if you didn't first come from the right background, believe the right things, attend the right schools, be friends with the right rings, with the right people, and then kiss the right rings. And we wonder why we don't have a wide variance of thought at elite levels of power in American society. It's because the institutions are designed to make sure that variance in thought is only ever at the conversational level. We can talk about these things, just can't ever do anything about them. They're only ever up for debate, not action. Because the system is designed to make sure we never conceptualize the problem. It's willful distraction by design. And again, these are not flaws of the system. They are features. Everything is operating perfectly as it's by design. The rot from inside our country sadly comes from the core foundation it was built on. The Constitution, a highly imperfect document held to be sacrosanct, despite being written by prehistorically educated elitists. What is developed in this country is a foundation of education where this perspective of the Founding Fathers is seen as defined and encompassing of inherent morality. That's why the conservative movement is so obsessed with our heritage, our history, our heroes. They need to control the narrative on how we perceive the truth. This allows for no nuanced analysis of our Founding Fathers. We can't ever have true historical analysis to build from. These men were both incredibly intelligent and advanced in their knowledge and thinking at the time in history. Simultaneously, by modern standards, reprehensible pieces of shit that were self-centered and only concerned with the well-being of people that were identical to themselves. These things are both true at the same time. They can be held together. It's not binary. So now we all know the U.S. Constitution is flawed by design and yet nothing changes. Executive privilege, the Electoral College, lifetime Supreme Court appointments, they're gross excesses of control of the system and they don't basically equitably distribute power at all. Most critically, what this does though is it offers proponents an illusion. It pretends to offer an equitable system of checks and balances to keep power in check and create bureaucratic mechanisms to make adjustments. Because of this, people don't have voice or impact on policy. They have no real leverage. Black Lives Matter is millions march in the streets in 50 states, take rubber bullets and tear gas to the face, riot, shut down cities, get thousands of incidents of police violence recorded and go viral. What do they want? 
defunding the police. What do they get? Rename streets and murals. Democrats taking an Ian Kenty cloth. TV shows scrubbing old blackface episodes. When you have no leverage, you don't ever get what you want. Since what are you going to do about it? If you believe in the system, then the system should work and correct things, right? And yet it hasn't done so for hundreds of years. And we still keep force feeding that belief to people incessantly. This concept is difficult, if not impossible, for both liberals and conservatives to rectify because it posits that the people who founded this country were not only flawed, highly biased to their own race, class, gender, and the structural creation of the country, but by choosing to live in this society built on this document of their making, we continue to perpetuate these very beliefs to this day, which were racist, sexist, classist beliefs from people who have no understanding of science comparative to modern times or can rectify how morality has progressed over multiple centuries. It allows for this false narrative of American exceptionalism, that somehow our desire to be free to inflict imperialism, genocide, and slavery across the globe from the position of white Christian male hegemony is somehow both unique and divine, when in actuality it's an either. It's all exported variation of the British's desire to economically dominate filtered through prehistoric hypocrisy. In escaping the British for the Americans, it wasn't just to be different from them. Alas, it was to be free from their tyranny so they could excise it upon others, just as the British did it upon them. Perpetuating this myth is a continual theft of experience and reality. It denies agency to the truth because it's shrouded in the myth of the perfect man creating the perfect system from the perfect ideal, which coincidentally is based on their own self-image at that time. By continuing the lie that we exist in a meritocracy that is a perfect system of checks and balances, or at least good enough to course correct, it robs people of common cause and solidarity. If the system is causing injustice, we should change the system, obviously, as it must be flawed and need fixing. But the system by design gaslights the public into thinking it's everything but the system that causes injustice literally it's the opposite they want you to believe that there is no justice without the system and Hmm. that's where reform comes in you don't ever truly change anything with reform by definition reform is to amend to correct to make adjustments but still keep true to form change is to become something different entirely we need to become something different we honestly need a new constitution for a new people in a new time A new constitution would allow us to undo all the illusions of an equitable democratic meritocracy that a bunch of self-centered elitists built for themselves and their class to benefit. If we can't have a structurally solid foundation to build from, the cracks will always threaten to topple the building. And I see it starting to tilt. Essay for the week. Woo, tilt indeed. Tilt indeed. Um, Man, you brought up so many good points. So many good points. Um... One is your friend's viewpoint of the world, and coming. And she's from, a lawyer. She's a lawyer. And coming from this law and order place, and I feel like. But to become and, a lawyer, you have to adopt that mindset. Yeah, Otherwise, why would you have gone through the legal system? Yes, you have to believe in the system itself. You have to believe in it, or unless and, you wouldn't, and, you wouldn't enter into it. You're not there. You're not there to fight against the system. You're there to operate within the system, within the confines of the system, and that is the interpretation of the words in the in the in the books and how and how you were and how you were taught or how, or maybe not taught to interpret those words um yeah and i mean like that you know we always talk about we always talk about these judges and can they be an impartial judge no everybody's biased you can't it's impossible you can't do that you're not a robot you exist as a human being who's experienced life through a filter of experience you're gonna have bias it's if you say you don't you're either stupid or ignorant right yeah yeah or both. Um, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask you real quick, you know, we you started off and we started off the uh, the episode by talking about 
some of these um, symbols, right? He's taking down of changing street names, uh, painting the things and, and doing whatever. Do you believe, and then we talked a little bit about, you know, the complexities of how uh, art and uh, comedy, um, you know, are actually, you know, reflections of the society and, and those type of things. Do you think that those minor changes are more important than we give them credit for? Do you think that the, that the, that no, the, I think it's like basically like a masturbatory effect of mm-hmm. like, like I said, uh, a public without leverage, without agency, without praxis, without collective uh, agency. And that's the reason why Black Lives Matter is such a threat to people and why the conservative movement is getting against it. It's why they're against Occupy. Anything that coalesces people is dangerous because it's collective. You're not in it for yourself. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about a group. It's about all of us. That scares the powerful more than anything. It really does. So I you mean, feel like if you if they can pacify them through these little changes, these little symbolic changes that don't really change the structure of the system, oh, then Jay-Z therefore they can. can they, the so they, okay, we got we got Jay Z working with the NFL now, you guys. So, so they, good. So they, over. We got a rapper. So they can. So they can. Yeah, basically. So they can basically ride it out, right? Let's ride it out. But the funny thing is, is that these aren't dying down. These protests are not dying down. They're but still going I, I was, strong. I was I went downtown for an errand, and there was one downtown today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, people still out of work. I mean, and the ones going back to work are by force, not by choice. You know what I mean? They're cutting off their, their unemployment. Right, right. Like, hey, look at these job numbers. Record amount of jobs being added because you're cutting off people's unemployment and forcing them to open their businesses. You know, it's interesting. It's inter- it's an interesting take on the Constitution um, when you're saying that there there are these people that believe that this is just a rigid document who be, who should be interpreted as they as they wrote it as the as the founding fathers wrote well, it. And for things that I see as gross flaws, they will be proponents of. They'll be like, oh well, what about amendments? You know what I mean? Like we, that's how we got rid of slavery. That's how we you know did all these things. Like you know, I gave women the right to vote. Like like yeah, but like if we have to make all these fucking changes to it, shouldn't that tell us how shitty it was to start with? <laughs> but how like, do you make changes? How like do you make? Pe- but shouldn't we make changes to it that Portugal, way? I mean, shouldn't Portugal should made, it, a new, made a new constitution? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you could, but nobody would ever let us, bro. But like, I'm, of course, you could. You could fucking do anything. But the what other you, thing uh, is, man. The yeah, other hey, thing hey, is too. These guys who literally couldn't explain why you shouldn't, you know, wipe your hand with your ass after you take a shit these are the guys who had the most brilliant ideas of all time 300 years after they've been alive like they were brilliant of their time guess what they're stupid comparatively to modern society if they existed in today's day and age they'd be some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet (laughs) i mean actually that's not true there's so many stupid people today they still might be in the upper 50 percentile but that being said you know what i mean comparatively like what do they know about like science and history and like their understanding of other cultures most of them were genocidal maniacs who massacred the indians and, uh, you know, went back on, like, treaties and double-crossed them in every chance they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I think I, I tried to get in this essay is that, like, when a very fixed group of people set the foundation for something, a constitution, guess what? They always do it to benefit themselves. It's a bunch of people. We're all white. We're all men. We're all slave owners. Well, it's like you said, we the people land. in power don't have we any reason. We all fucking hate the British. And we reason, all want to do what the British did to us, to other people. Cool. It seems like we have everything fucking in common we need to do to build shit to perpetually benefit. And we're here and they're there. So let's get them. And so then when you create these structures, it creates a class system. And that's why we talk about class because, like, to ascend the halls of power, you have to be of that class. So you share those interests. 
You know what I mean? You share class interests. They didn't think the common man should have power. They hated the common man. They thought they were stupid. You know, they thought they were dumb, uneducated brutes who didn't know what was better for them if you read their private journals. They thought the common man was was a fool who shouldn't be given the right to vote. Didn't know what what was good for him or not. That was their take on the common man. They were intellectual elitists of their own time. I mean, this is historical fact. So I think when like you say, oh, like let's take this document that 300 years ago was built with all these structural inerrancy and uh, inequalities built into it. I mean, like things like electoral college and <laughs> just uh, obscene like uh, fault lines to unequally distribute power. You can't ever fix them. You go, oh, but, oh yep, it's our history. Oh no, perfect documents. No, no, we can't ever change it. Guess we just got to live with it always. World has to always be unfair because why? Because a bunch of people whose life are good say so. <laughs> yeah, the greatest country on earth ever to ever occupy the earth. The United States. But I mean, like, it's, it's things like that. I mean, you know, like I said, we wonder why the police are racist. And well, if you knew the history of the police, you'd know, like, in Chicago, they evolved from slave patrols that were shortly after then the Civil War and stuff like that. I mean, like, if you know the history of these things, you can understand why they developed and the foundations they're built upon are faulty. You can't ever reform, like, poison soil, man. It's, it's like irradiated. You can't grow uh, vegetables in Chernobyl's land. It, it's, permanently irradiated i was just saying like let's take these people who are of a class and of a system that by design is going to separate them from class and make them hate the other and drill it into their head through experience and life and then all of a sudden be like guess what we're going to train it out of you like what is this a clockwork orange you're going to sit them in a chair and pry their eyelids open with drops and make them watch blm propaganda till they become non-racist like we have to completely re-examine our approach to things and do it in a new way. And what they want us to do is keep doing the old way because that's what the system wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, we're going to think about it. Oh, we're going to we're going to get a committee on this. We're transferring funds to some community charter. Oh, we're going to paint something. We're gonna make a, we'll make a statement. We'll make a statement. This is this has been happening for uh, you know beginning of history of this country. And real change happens when people uh, collectively acquiesce and build uh towards having leverage when you have leverage the system responds and And we're seeing it respond in minnesota guess what you saw what happened to the mayor you saw what happened to the police department there based on what the city council did that's what happens when you have leverage that community was like we're gonna start dropping the hammer and immediately the dominoes started falling and you know that's what communities have to understand if they work together to build together to benefit everyone in the long run that is going to be good for everyone i think the tough thing is that when you're well off or things are going well for you you don't think it's fair that anything should be taken away from you mm-hmm. whatever i got to this point i earned and should be mine exactly and, you know i don't want to have to sacrifice anything i want to help you but i don't want to give anything up right yes you know what i mean and i mean we all should probably give something up to varying degrees. I mean, that's like communist bullshit, of course, right? There's a degree from each according to their own. Don't go down that road. Of course not. But I'm just saying like, you know, Bill Gates right now is a hundred billion dollars. Why are we waiting 30 years for him to give it away and triple his net worth? Hey, Bill, we'll take that hundred bill right now. You can keep one bill. You'll be good, Bill. You don't need the rest. (laughs) Give me some bills, Bill. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we, hey, we could, we could just end world hunger just like that. Completely fix the world. Just take this one asshole's money. 
doesn't need it and wouldn't even know it was gone. But the thing oh, is, oh, 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 then he can't exercise power and control the world and you know development of charter schools in Africa. But like you said, it's all about That's leverage. Why would he give up his leverage? We have to make him. You know what I mean? Like he only has it because we have that. Maybe, like yeah, but maybe, society, maybe he holds I mean? on to his leverage because the structures that that are that are that are in place. That if he did give up his wealth, I mean, there things are just so corrupt and so uh, disorganized and so inefficient that it would just be, it'd be nothing. It, nothing would change because it would just go That's into like the same by system. Right? I don't think anybody who's ever gotten that rich doesn't think it's because like the world's rewarding them for being so smart or so good and like they're. That's like a reflection their success. That but isn't that how everybody thinks? So don't ever, doesn't everybody think that like what they've no, gotten is because of their hard rise. work or because of their, you know? I think some people are more like catcher in the rye style. I, I, like I feel like that at times. Like, you know, you want to be your own biggest fan, but like if you don't say you don't feel like a fraud at times, I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> like, well, it's like I said. It's like I said you know earlier. I mean? You know, I well, mean, every well, everybody's well, doing this. Everybody's doing this for the first time, right? So, like, yeah. if anybody says they know the secret to life, then they're a liar. You know, uh, or they feel like they have like everything completely field. mastered. You know what I mean? That like you're like an actor at times. Yeah, you feel like you're yourself. You're forced to play a part. Society makes you different be masks. somebody you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, different masks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. So that's what we're dealing with nowadays, and. uh Ripping these masks off. Just don't make – hey, but if you're white, don't put a black one on. Just saying. Yeah. You know, that's why they say mask off. I mean, they ain't talking about blackface. They're saying when you show your true colors, you go mask off. You go mask you know off. That's it. When somebody, when somebody says some fucked up shit, they go, he just went mask off. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we went mask off today on the podcast. Did we, you know, uh, we I think we did. We stand I think for we did. transparency yes. and accountability. Yes. Those are what we stand for. Transparency and accountability. Above if all. If anybody wants to tell me why they don't stand for those two things, I'd love to hear it. But uh, your argument's probably going to suck. <laughs> not biased at all but anyway but if you have an I'm argument just, I'm, I'm pose you know. it below coming at it yeah coming at absolutely it. <laughs> <laughs> nice well hey man time. yeah it was always a good time it was good to spend another hour with you on this sunday my friend this july 5th a day after uh, america's independence day we didn't even talk about mount rushmore uh maybe we'll touch on that next time and uh the fact that it's even there uh kind of the history behind that um i'm know, talking about the history of the native americans would be an interesting way to take this because it's like we're talking about the history of this country and the most glossed over history the of this forgotten country is the people, people who were here absolutely. before we were here you know like, yeah <laughs> the ones we discovered it and we can tie this back into presidents as well i mean and you know and, and their actions and so we could say it's, it's really a continuation of that uh, that whole statue situation also uh you know we got uh teddy roosevelt obviously um you know uh, uh who else is out there that's uh that, that that's a that's a big one um I mean, it's like imagine you're a Native American person and you see a statue of somebody who like massacred your people and made it illegal to do Native American dancing except on like the 4th of July. And they like want you to celebrate that person as like the greatest person ever. Yeah. Well, like Andrew Jackson, right? I mean, so you have Andrew yeah. Jackson, uh, who's who obviously was a big deal. That's what I'm saying. Like when you when you build a statue of anybody, you kind of elevate them to demigod. That's what Caesar did. Put up statues of himself. Like, I am more than man. I exist to permeate history as this apex of morality and achievement. Well, I don't think it's put up so that people contemplate the complexities of that person. I think it's put up to only to glorify the things that they've done correctly or that they've, that, that, you know, that they, somebody sees um, as a, a significant positive contribution. Um, and I think it's made to maybe even, you know, make people kind of 
forget about or gloss over the the that's what i'm saying so like they're like if you're not a native american person you might see that statue and be like this guy's a great american he did like all this great stuff for america and this or that well if you're a native american be like this guy massacred my people and stole my land and fucking did all these things your response based and on now he's on a mountain in my different. sacred land but anyway but like, we'll talk hey, about but, that but, but, but we're all americans right we're yeah. all american hey we're all americans man like this is a, you should be proud of this heritage too what are you talking about i don't yeah, i know that your family comment. was here and living in fucking pueblos before we got here but whatever bullets <laughs> are in the chamber ladies and gentlemen amen next week. absolutely peace and love my friends later peace